I am very blessed to be here this morning with you. As Marion and I were talking before church this morning, I thought about asking her permission to say something, and then I thought, you know what, it's better sometimes just to ask for forgiveness than permission. So I was thinking this morning as I prepared this sermon, this lesson, it's like I'm covering six or seven things. There's going to be a little message on spiritual gifts, a little message on the importance of fellowship, the importance of Bible study, the importance of serving, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about a ministry I'm blessed to be a part of, Stephen Ministry, and I, so I thought, well, that's sort of typical when you're as ADHD as I am. Why would you focus on like one lesson on forgiveness like we had in Sunday school class this morning? So I was reminded of that fantastic scene in Animal House, and I'm not sure that an Animal House reference has ever been made in church before, so here we go. Can you picture John Belushi walking through the all-you-can-eat buffet? He's using his gut to push his tray, and he takes a bite of an eclair, and then he puts it back. And So that's what we've got this morning. This is, this is sort of an all-you-can-eat buffet, and I honestly believe that in His infinite wisdom, the Lord, through His Holy Spirit, will speak to each one of us and say something specific. So with that little bit of intro and confession… Now, second intro is I just love to title lessons, sermons, of course, church-related, after country music songs when it fits. So I already considered Luke Combs' long neck, ice-cold beer never broke my heart, and I decided that would not fit this morning, so we're not going to use that. <laughs> and then I thought about um, I have been blessed to teach a lesson on Malachi before, and I love the title the Lord gave me for Malachi, All of Me, Willie Nelson's song, All of Me, Why Not Take All of Me? Um, because the Lord, through His prophet Malachi, speaks to the Israelites, and He says, you know what? I am not interested in your blemish sacrifices, and I am not interested in your partial commitment. I want unblemished sacrifices, and I want your full commitment. So, all of me for the book Malachi. So then, sticking with uh, Luke Combs, I've chosen to title this lesson, If I Wasn't Doing This, I'd Be Doing This. And that is my prayer for everyone here this morning, that you will discover, either you have discovered or you will discover what the Lord wants you doing you will do it with all your heart as serving Him and not people, and you will realize, wow, this is where I want to be. If I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing this. So now, in keeping with the ADHD theme, some things about which I'm passionate. Spiritual gifts, discovering them and then using them. More on that later. Fellowship, the importance of encouraging one another, the importance of being in a small group, accountability group, covenant group, disciple group, and getting the kind of encouragement you get from that. Bible study, the importance of getting to know God 
through his word. And I'm especially passionate about these last two because once upon a time, long, long time ago in a far, far away place, I lived in a 12 by 60 mobile home in Monticello, Florida, working on a dairy farm, and I found myself isolated from other Christians. I had no Christian to encourage me, no Christian with whom to have fellowship. I also knew enough about the Word of God to be dangerous. I recognized that my God was omnipotent, and for y'all that don't know Latin, that means all-powerful. I realized that my God was all-powerful, and I expected Him to meet this specific need about which I was praying, and my prayers went as high as the ceiling of my 12 by 60 mobile home. I had unrealistic expectations of God. I expected Him to answer that prayer the way I wanted Him to answer that prayer, and when He didn't, I got mad at Him. I told Him to forget it. I stayed mad at God for 18 years. I think I've shared that with y'all before, but I think it's important to share it again. So to this day, that's why I am so passionate about the need for fellowship, finding other Christians to encourage you and you encourage them, and also some form of Bible study. Eventually, reading the Bible on your own will not be enough. Find some small group that you can study the Word with. Um, and I would encourage you, if you don't have that small group and or Bible study, to ask the Lord to reveal it to you. I didn't get my wife's permission to say this, but I fully would love to help you find that small group or that Bible study if you'd like to come up to me and talk to me after this sermon is over. I would love to help you find that. Okay, now back to discovering and using spiritual gifts. If you don't know what your spiritual gift is, I encourage you to find out. You can pray something very deep like this, Lord, please show me my spiritual gift. Or you can do a spiritual gifts assessment test online. I can find it online. If I can find it, Chad Miller can find it too. <laughs> and if Chad and I can find it, everybody else here can too. If you don't know your spiritual gifts, it's time to discover them. And if you ain't using them at the risk of being too blunt, it's time to start using them. And doing so to do your little part to build up the body of Christ. Now, let's look at our first scripture reference, which should be Mark 10, 45. <clears throat> For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, I'm telling you, when we serve, we are following the example of Christ. When we discover and use our spiritual gifts to do our part to build up the body of Christ, we are serving, we are doing our part. And the importance of this is, I got news for y'all, Marion and them can't do it all by themselves. Now, let me, let me pause here. Marion and them, that's sort of a southern term. 
if you don't understand Southern, that means Marion and all her other pastors, all her other associates. If we expect Marion and them to do it all by themselves, you know what? They'll be spread too thin, they'll be ineffective, there will be complaining, and sadly, they will ignore, not ignore, they will neglect the most important thing. And that is exactly what happened to the first century church, and our second scripture reference will be Acts 1, 6 through 7, and we're going to read what happened to the first century church and what they did about it. So, I can read this one better. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Now, I know Jill Cosgrove is probably wondering, well, wait a minute, who are the Hebraic Jews and who are the Hellenistic Jews? It's not that important, Jill. Don't fret it. Just to let y'all know, the Hellenistic Jews simply put were Jews that weren't from the Holy Land. And the Hebraic Jews were Jews that were from the Holy Land. And so, but the point remains the same then as it does today. One group was complaining about another group because the other group was getting preferential treatment. The one group was complaining that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. That's an important oversight. You don't want widows then or today to be overlooked in the distribution of food. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and, and converting this to 2022, the 12 would be Marion and them. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. So they got the importance of being spread too thin. So let's keep going. So the brothers and sisters chose seven men from among them. And, and again, I need to pause. Seven men back then, it says seven, not men and women, it says seven men because back then women were second-class citizens and it referenced men only. Today, we would say seven people from among them, you, from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We'll turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. So they recognized the need we can't do it all by ourselves, so we nominate these seven men. So here are the seven they choose. They choose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Perminus, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them, and listen what happened when the responsibility of the entire upkeep of the body of Christ transitioned from the 12 apostles to volunteers. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Exactly what happens today in the body of Christ when we, you and I, when we discover our spiritual gifts, when we use them, when we do our little part to build up the body of Christ, when we pay attention to the widows, the distribution of food, and waiting on tables, our ministers are able to focus on prayer 
and the ministry of the word, and the church grows. Now, I also, I just love looking at these seven. There is such a specific message to us today. So, first of all, we have Stephen. He, and second of all, we have Philip. They were rock stars in the first century church, or as you might guess from my reference initially, I'd like to say they were country stars in the first century church. Stephen was the first martyr. He was actually the first person we know about who died for his faith. Philip was the first known evangelist. Uh, Philip was the first one we know about who took the gospel, the good news of Jesus, into Judea and Samaria. You may remember when right before Jesus ascended, he said to his disciples who were gathered around, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So Philip is the first known evangelist to take the good news of Jesus to Judea and Samaria. And then we have the other five. And you know how much we hear about them in the rest of Scripture? Big old goose egg, sort of like Auburn threw up against Penn State yesterday. <laughs> Big old goose egg. We don't hear another thing from those five. As a matter of fact, without my reference, I can't tell you who they are. I think one's Prochorus and one's uh, Nicholas. Anyhow, we don't hear another word about those five. And here's the beauty of this message. That's the category into which most of us fit today. We are called to work not in the spotlight, but out of the spotlight. We are called to work behind the scenes. We are called to minister one-on-one. -on -one. And by doing these small, what some might say, menial tasks, we help to do our part to build up the body of Christ so that it will grow and so that more converts will be added to the Christian community. <clears throat> now, I also, I feel like um, this passage in Scripture is sort of the passage of Scripture that Stephen ministry is based on. And I, and I really want to transition specifically to Stephen ministry for a minute or four. Please don't time me. Um, but I want to transition to Stephen ministry. I am blessed to be a Stephen minister. And I love Stephen ministry's focus. We Stephen ministers offer care to those who have suffered some kind of loss. See, even I can remember that. We offer care to people who have lost, who have suffered some kind of loss. They've lost self-esteem. They've lost a job. They've lost a loved one. They've lost their focus, their drive. We offer care to those who have suffered some kind of loss. And I, and I would suggest to you that everybody in here could relate to Stephen Ministry or could find a need from Stephen Ministry. Some of you may have suffered some kind of loss in your life and you may need the care of a Stephen minister. Reach out to us. Some of you may have a friend or a loved one that has suffered some kind of loss. 
you could suggest to that friend or loved one, hey, we've got this ministry at RUMC called Stephen Ministry, and they can put you together with somebody that could help you through this tough time. Some of you may be even thinking, hmm, I might consider becoming a Stephen minister myself, just in case it just so happens. I know this is a coincidence, but there will be Stephen ministers outside these two doors after church in case you want to talk to them about the possibility of becoming a Stephen minister or if you have any questions. So, um, I want to transition. Let's see, how do I word this? I want to point out to y'all, in addition to spiritual gifts, there are qualities that we Christians all should have, and in some cases need to develop. And I mean, there are things like empathy and compassion. Guess what, y'all? We all should be empathetic and compassionate. You know, you husbands shouldn't expect your wife to be the empathetic and compassion compassionate one. Yes, that's right, Emma. We, we all should be empathetic and we all should be compassionate. Here's something else. Even if you suffer ADHD to the degree to which I suffer, we still should be good listeners. If we aren't, we should practice at becoming a good listener. As a matter of fact, when I considered becoming a Stephen minister, um, I thought there is no way because I am the world's worst listener. I mean, I've, I can't, if I'm carrying on a conversation with Leonard and there's another conversation going over here, I'm going to be making eye contact with him, but guess what? I'm listening to every word of this conversation over here. I have to focus so hard, and it's so important to be good listeners, y'all. So, um, I figured I'll flunk out of Stephen ministry. I'll be the first one to go through the training and I will flunk out. The good news is I did not. But before I did, I asked four very important women in my life, my wife, who is here today, my daughter, Anne, and two beautiful ladies who were leading a Bible study with me, Rochelle Amood and Elissa Ewald. I asked them, what do you think about me as a listener? And all four of them said, Mark, Daddy, Crane, Crane, we think you're a great listener. I said, really? Well, maybe I can go through this training. So now, the best verse in the Bible about being a good listener is Job 2.13. And as we, as we cue up Job 2.13, let me give you just a teeny tiny bit of background. This is when Job has suffered more loss than perhaps any of us will go through in our lifetime. So if you want to go to somebody who has suffered loss, go no further than Job. And he has three friends who turn out to be total jerks, but right now they're still good friends. And when they see Job from a distance, they see the amount of suffering he's going through, and here's what they do. They get to Job, then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights, no one said a word to him because they saw how great he was, his suffering was. So, I think this is listening at its best. I think this is being there for someone at its best. 
And if some of y'all are thinking, well, you know, when someone suffers a loss and I need to be there for them, and I'll say just the right clever thing, in all probability, you won't. And in all probability, they don't really want to hear what you have to say right then. They just want somebody to grieve with them. They want somebody to hold their hand, whether it's figuratively or literally. They want somebody to sit there and be with them and let them know that you are there for them for seven days and seven nights is necessary. Your presence is a lot more important than your words. Okay, and now I would like to transition to um, Galatians 6.2, which happens to be Stephen Ministries' theme verse. And once again, y'all are not off the hook if you think, well, this is just for Stephen Ministries. No, it's for every member of the body of Christ. Carry each one's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Be available to your friends, your loved ones. I'll give you a specific example Um, we have a daughter who has two kids and the four-month-old has his days and nights mixed up. And our daughter and her husband are sleep-deprived. We were over there yesterday and he's walking around like a zombie, for example. So Ellen and I are going over there this afternoon so that they can take a two-hour nap and we'll hang out with the kids. That's just a teeny tiny example of carrying each other's burden. Our Sunday school class does a nice job of having, uh, giving meals for members who for one reason or another are just not up to making meals for themselves. Another little example of carrying each other's burdens. And in that way, we fulfill the law of Christ. I do wanna finish with, I don't know if y'all all get the Friday blast or not, but Marion was featured in the Friday blast yesterday, and her devotion was beautiful, and I'm not just sucking up to her. I'm telling the truth. She concluded with, hear these words from Marion in the Friday blast, and if you haven't seen it, make yourself a mental note to go back and read through it. It's never too late to be a Stephen minister or a Bible study attender. It's never too late to join a choir, although I would say it's better for some not to than others. It's never too late to be a foster parent, go on a mission trip, join a support group, or heaven knows, be a Sunday school teacher. It's never too late to open ourselves to what God has for us today. May we find the sheer joy that our lives offer to ourselves, to our neighbors, to our world, and to our God. And I would add to that, it's never too late to discover what God wants you doing. I would say for the rest of your life, but that sounds so big. It's never too late to discover what God wants you doing, whether you're three or 83 or somewhere in between the two. And when you discover what He wants you doing, and you do it to build up the body of Christ, I honestly think you'll say to yourselves, you know what? If I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing this. So let me close this in prayer. 
Uh, Father, thank you so very much, first of all, for this privilege you give me of sharing. Thank you so much. And then thank you also, dear Lord, for your love. It's unconditional, it's sacrificial, and may we learn more and more how to love that way. And Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross in our place for our sins. Help us simply to accept the free gift that you so freely offer to all of us. And then, Lord, I pray that you've touched each heart in some way this morning. I pray that though someone has been encouraged to discover their spiritual gift and use it, I pray that someone else has been encouraged to find a fellowship that they can be a part of, that someone else has said, you know what? Bible study. I really want to start studying the Word so I get to know you through your Word. I pray that you'll help us to realize our importance of serving and following the example of Jesus and doing our part to build up your body. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.